Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 9th. The used car market has been the epitome of instability these past 16 months. Up, down, skyrocketing again, it's been a victim of all of the issues within the industry that are sometimes roiling it as well as driving it. But what are the real factors that we should be watching as the year rolls on into any form of normalcy, whatever that may mean, in the future? Dr. Timothy Nash spends a lot of time thinking about those factors. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. Tim is director of the McNair Center for the Advancement of Free Enterprise and Entrepreneurship at Northwood University in Midland, Michigan. He has co-authored a piece with Lisa McLean, the U.S. Representative for Michigan's 10th Congressional District. The opinion column is titled, Eight Factors Causing Higher Prices and a Widening Shortage of Used Cars in the United States. It examines the chip shortage, GDP growth, tax cuts, stimulus checks, and more. The piece will be published in Automotive News in the coming weeks, but today we get a sneak preview. We've reached Dr. Timothy Nash in Midland, Michigan. Dr. Tim Nash, it's a pleasure to connect with you again. Welcome to Daily Drive. Uh, Jason, it's an honor to be with you and with Automotive News. Uh, you're an individual that I have great respect for, and so thanks for having me on your podcast. Well, thanks so much, Tim. Uh, we have great respect for you. And I want to talk about your eight factors. Uh, this is a piece you've just recently co-authored with Lisa McLean, uh, U.S. Representative from Michigan's 10th Congressional District. Eight factors causing higher prices and a widening shortage of used cars in the United States. What got you thinking about these eight factors? Well, you, you know, at, uh, at Northwood, Jason, we have, uh, you know, the only uh, uh, really fully accredited uh, program in automotive marketing. And so, I spend a lot of time as an economist looking at the auto industry and we, we do our annual report and uh, we're getting prepared for our auto show. We did not have one last year with the, the COVID crisis. So, you know, this is something that we were taking a close look at and, and trying to determine uh, why are, what are the major factors or what are the differences adversely impacting the economy, and in this case, you know, it, it it really is something that if you're uh if you're selling your used car, it's a great market. If you're buying a used car, it's uh, it's a daunting market. And so the the uh, the economic times that we've been through this black swan, uh, we just thought it would be quite interesting to look at the major factors. And and uh, we we actually had about 14 or 15 factors that we looked at, and then we narrowed it down to eight. Uh, as as it relates to how we have dealt with the uh, what I describe as the COVID nineteen recession, indeed uh, the COVID nineteen recession. Let's start with a couple of these, Tim. Uh, number one, the computer chip shortage. We've obviously been talking about this at length on this program and writing about it in Automotive mm -hmm. News. But you say, I mean, right out of the gate, the chip shortage is has fueling the booming increase in used car prices. I, absolutely. And, and I think that's the case, uh, Jason, because it, it's very difficult to get new cars, uh, new car lots, new car uh, inventories are, are not at zero, but they're they're well below 30 days. 
And so individuals that can't get vehicles on a timely basis are, are literally, especially from what I hear from the Northwood alumni that own uh, new and used car dealerships, that uh, uh, people are pushing up the price, especially of the higher end used cars, uh, because they're substituting those for the new vehicles that they can't get. And as a result, it just pushes the entire uh, uh, chain of inventory prices higher. Growth in GDP. Uh, after one of the worst first half GDP performances in U.S. history, the second half registered as one of the best back-to-back quarter GDP performances in U.S. history. And nobody could have I, predicted this, but this is factor two. Uh, no, nobody, nobody absolutely could have predicted it. Uh, I was, I was quite shocked that we were in, uh, in uh, the kind of recession we were in so quickly uh, last year with the COVID nineteen uh, uh, recession and. You look at the two quarters, we, uh, you know, we had probably the worst two quarters since midway through the Great Depression when you talk about back-to-back quarters. And then, uh, like you noted, coming right out of it, literally the next two quarters, and we had two of the best quarters in the history of the U.S. economy. And at the end of the year, we were slightly negative. Uh, but the fact of the matter is a number of individuals were nervous about what would happen going into 2021. And we are now in the middle of, I think, a fourth quarter or 40 quarters, actually, you know, one full calendar, not calendar year, but 12 month year where uh, we've, we will uh, record 12 of the best months for the best back-to-back quarters in recent U.S. history. And as a result, the economy is making a strong comeback. And when the economy makes a strong comeback, the demand for new and used cars are, are up uh, quite a bit higher. And amazingly, actually related to that, Tim, one of the strongest signs of the recovery is that at the time of um, you writing this, 13 of the 21 million Americans who lost their jobs during the pandemic were working again. So amazing recovery in many ways. Uh, third, oh, absolutely. Third factor, uh, tax cuts obviously uh, played an enormous role uh, over over the course of uh, the last few years. Talk a little bit about that, if you could. We uh, When, when the, the – uh the U.S. Congress and President Trump uh, put into play tax cuts in 2017. There's certainly mixed views on whether or not the, the tax cuts were good for the U.S. economy. We had a substantial reduction in individual taxes. We went from having the second or first highest uh, corporate income tax rate in the industrialized world to being uh, down to number 12 with the, with the uh, tax cuts of 2017. And, and again, uh, politically, there was a lot of argument as to whether or not, you know, the, the vast majority of the population was uh, receiving a tax cut. Uh, some recent data released by H&R Block, uh, they estimate that the average uh, tax savings based on all the tax returns that they prepare, which are largely middle class tax returns, was $1,200 in 2018 based on the tax cuts of, of 2017. Recently, there was a, a federal uh, uh, tax report out that said uh, it's now pretty good data that roughly 65% of all tax uh, returns in the last couple of years have received a tax uh, a reduction or more money uh, stayed in the, the uh, consumer's pockets. 5% saw taxes increase and roughly 30% saw no real noticeable change one way or the other in their income taxes. So as a result, with that uh, tax cut favoring uh, uh, individuals, so certainly more pressure, more opportunity, more money uh, to buy used cars as a result. Uh, 
More money also because of higher U.S. wages. You're, the fourth factor that you have uh, written about here is the growth in U.S. wages, which has been yep. nothing short of substantial. And absolutely, it uh, it's been you know the last couple of years we've had some you know 2019 20 uh, 2018 2019 we saw substantial movements upward in wages and certainly uh, for uh, in terms of uh, uh, women minorities uh, substantial wage increases across the board but what was ironic uh, Jason was that by the end of 2020 we actually had uh, over a four percent increase in wages for the year from the bottom of the year to the end of the year. And so far, the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of uh, Atlanta is arguing that the last three months wages are up 3.3%. So individuals are making uh, more money and uh, those are dollars that uh, allow individuals to buy new and used cars. And again, the new cars, we have that shortage because uh, primarily the chips are, are the reason why we're not being able to meet the production of the new vehicles. And and again, these factors collectively are driving up the price of uh, used cars. We'll hear more from Dr. Timothy Nash after this message. As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, Top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To other, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big-picture, holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Two very important factors related to that as well, the federal unemployment subsidies and COVID-19 stimulus checks. A lot of talk about the amount of um, liquidity that's in the market and, in fact, you say is directly related to the increase in used cars. Yeah, and, 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 that, and it's a great question you asked, Jason, as it relates to these two variables. Uh, they, they, have, they have done a number of things, including increase our savings rate. Uh, we've now averaged double-digit savings for 20 uh, 2020 and into 2021, and a lot of that has to do with these um, uh, with these uh, uh, subsidies uh, and and uh, and also the additional um, dollars to individuals via stimulus checks. And what I mean by that, in 2020, the uh, federal government uh, increased unemployment insurance by $600 a week, and that ended in uh, December. President Biden reinstituted it, but not at $600 at $300. So you think about the fact that um, individuals that were unemployed were making in many states between $45,000 and, and $70,000 with their unemployment uh, uh, funding. And as a result, uh, number one, why come back to work? But number two, many people had 30, 40, 50% 
higher incomes than they would have been working full time. And these individuals with unemployment were qualifying for um, uh, uh, the ability to buy used cars, to buy a, a new vehicle to them. And then the other factor with the stimulus checks, our research showed that if you were in a family of making uh, uh, roughly one hundred and twenty-five hundred thirty thousand or less, uh, you were you were eligible for for uh, three different um, uh, stimulus checks during the. Trump and the Biden administrations, and so uh, again here it was 150 thousand or less, but uh, you were eligible for three different checks totaling seven thousand two hundred dollars, and in many cases that those dollars alone might be enough to buy a a pretty good a pretty dependable used car, but certainly you could take that and buy a much better uh, used car than you you would have had the ability to do so had it not been for the stimulus checks. Now both the stimulus checks and the Federal uh, compensation to unemployment insurance are those are going away. We've pretty much been signaled that uh, uh, we will not have the $300 subsidy renewed in September for unemployment insurance, and uh, we also have a pretty good indication that we're not going to have the uh, uh, the uh, stimulus uh, bonus checks going out anymore as well. Nobody could have seen a year ago when the stock market was at 23,000, that we would see a stock market in a 52-week high of 35,000. But one of the factors that you say are uh, uh, causing higher prices, uh, having an effect on higher prices, is that stock market wealth effect. What's going on there, Tim? Well, if you look at it, Jason, uh, every individual that owns an IRA, every individual that has a small brokerage account, uh, on average, is worth quite a bit more than they they uh, uh, they were at this time last year. And I would also note, as you pointed out, who would have figured that um, the stock market would have the collapse that it had, and then the return? But you know, by the end of the year, we had gone from a stock market in pretty strong position at the beginning of 2020 to dropping uh, uh, 40% uh, on average if you looked at the four major indices, to by the end of the year, every one of them hit an all-time record high. Some are real close, well, all of them are real close to an all-time record high. But uh, the fact of the matter is the NASDAQ especially uh, set a dramatically higher uh, all-time record high during 2020. And uh, you know, it was about 1,000 points uh, from that, uh, maybe a little less than that right now. But the fact of the matter is they're feeling a lot better. They're feeling more confident. Uh, their stock market account is worth more. Their 401k is worth more. Uh, maybe they have a 403b, which is worth more. And so generally, you know, in economics, we call it the wealth effect, that if you if you have more wealth, you're, you're more willing to maybe take on a little debt because of the wealth that you have elsewhere. You know, people do it equity in their homes. But uh, it's most often done with, uh, with the value of stocks. Finally, Tim, we've been talking about this for a number of years, uh, but the average age of an automobile on U.S. highways continues to get go higher. Uh, in 2014, it was 11.4 years, and last year it was 11.9 years. So a lot of folks replacing older automobiles, right? Yeah, and, and I think that that, uh, that variable – is is something you take a bit with a grain of salt because the fact of the matter is automobiles are built today better than be ever before. So an automobile will go longer, but the, the reality is 
these automobiles are, are uh, not without their limits. And uh, as automobiles get older, the the uh, the level, level of replacement or the the duration, the time in which you're going to replace, uh, uh, it lessens. And so the the fact of the matter is uh, that is uh, we think the last of our eight key factors uh, that says as as we have an older an aging car population, people want to replace them with uh, other vehicles. And and again, we're starting to see more of that uh, as well. So what do we look for for the rest of the year? What's your final conclusion, Tim? I think between now and the end of the year, uh, Jason, it gets a little worse before it gets better. I think prices are probably in the used car market up another five or six uh, percent uh, between now and the end of the year. And then I, I really think that things will begin to uh, uh, the, the price will begin to decline. Uh, in, in other words, won't increase as much. I think it'll still be up in in 2021 uh, or 2022. But I do think that the uh, the chip shortages will be taken care of. New cars will new car vehicles will be on the market, taking pressure off uh, used cars to a certain degree. The subsidies will will not be. Uh, uh, awarded the way they were for unemployment and just the general uh, stimulus checks. So I, I think that the, the economy in that regard is going to cool down a little bit, and thus the demand for used cars will cool, uh, cool down a little bit. Dr. Timothy Nash, thank you so much for joining me on Daily Drive, providing some perspective. We look forward to the op-ed that's going to run in automotive news in the coming weeks. Eight factors causing higher prices and a widening shortage of used cars in the United States. It's always good to be with you. Jason, always great to be with you. Thank you. We reach Timothy Nash in Midland, Michigan. And that's Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 9th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for a library of more than 350 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Thursday.